Mm. That was totally liberating to just see and hear everybody else sharing similar experiences. And I, and I came home with this gratitude for my life. Like the things that I've experienced, I could have had it a lot worse compared to a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. And right. Just, just made me look at the world. Like this made me fall in love with being a man and with other men. Like, wow. Like I remember the next day after the, the training going, going to work and driving and just seeing guys walking around and just being like, that guy probably, you know, he's probably dealing with some shit just like I am. And mm -hmm. rather than like, was he better than me? Is he worse than me? Just like, just feeling compassion and love for, for people dealing with all kinds of stuff. friends and welcome back for another episode of Movement Matters, a real wellness podcast with Colin and Diana, founders of Coro Real Wellness. Diana was away for this episode, so today's conversation features not just myself, but another Colin, another local Colin, and our producer Joe. Colin Flagel's mission in life is to create a world of harmony through embodying love and joy which he does quite well. He demonstrates this as a sound healing practitioner, as a participant in various kinds of educational modalities. And specifically, we spoke a lot about the Mankind Project. Colin shares his insightful perspectives and experiences with fatherhood and masculinity in general with incredible grace and stillness. It was very impressive to be with him. As always, we hope you enjoy the episode. And it is an honor to present this to you. All right. So you're Colin. I am. <laughs> you, how related are you to the Green Roots Gathering happening? Um, I manage the camp where it is, but I haven't been, um, I haven't been too involved with it. Yeah, okay. But I'm going to be playing the didgeridoo and the singing bowls nice. at the closing ceremony on Sunday. Got it. Well, we'll see what you want. But um, I met you technically at that one intro was yep. it an intro for you to the mankind project as well or you you had already been part of the mm. scene right him and i yeah. actually were in the same open circle right oh, that was your yeah. first time too mm -hmm. oh i thought you were part of the whole thing as well who mm -hmm. did you go with um sam haynes is he the dude i me. saw you speaking with mm -hmm. outside that one night yes, yes. <laughs> it's so funny he seems how, like a lovely fella yeah everything comes full circle in Doylestown really quickly it's like oh yeah I saw you talking <laughs> to him last week right. yeah so that open circle was interesting because I had always seen you around town yeah we didn't know each other until mm -hmm. after that right yeah and we still didn't really know each other it was just a thing that we, we were flirting both at <laughs> flirting with the idea of doing a podcast right there <laughs> <laughs> in the air that yeah. night uh, yeah <laughs> I was, I remember feeling flirty, like, oh, I want to get to know him. I see him everywhere. <laughs> and then it turns out, oh, he knows everybody. So <laughs> I, I would just be another notch in the belt. <laughs> yeah. What did you guys, see? but you, you were a big part of that. You had already been a big part of that. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I started with them in 2014. So I don't That's remember. Cool. Yeah. It was, you had been doing it a couple of years. It was at least 
2017, I think, when we were both there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. I was blown away by the open circle. And uh, that you, night... You went and did the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even really question it. I okay. didn't really even question what it was about. <laughs> you know, it's just like, all right, I'm putting myself in here. I'm opening up to whatever this is and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Super cool. And at that point, Colin, you had done the weekend, obviously, years before. I did, I did the weekend in 2014. Yeah. I think I joined that group a couple months after I did it. So why don't you both, or Colin, start, like, describe it. What is the Mankind Project in your nutshell? What's your nutshell on it? Um, the slogan or the motto or the mission statement for the Mankind Project is changing the world one man at a time. So for me, it and it's was, a pretty fundamental part of your world. Is that yeah, true today? Yeah. I mean, I, I manage the retreat center where it happens. So today still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's in my backyard. I'm involved every time they come pretty much. And you're pretty involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, just do the barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a leader in training in the community and, um, I, because I'm there, I do uh, materials. So I, I coordinate with everybody when there's a training and figure out what's needed and make sure that that's all stocked up. So changing the world one man at a time, right? Okay. And what is the, obviously we have to unpack that because changing the world and changing men, how are we, how do we need to change? Let's, I'm not going to be presumptuous. I can assume a lot given the three of us, but Mm-hmm. Might as well unpack that, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's um, it's modeled like an indigenous, somewhat like an indigenous initiation. That's that was clear, right? Yeah, that was very clear. Like where they would, the the elders and the warriors in the village would come, and the mother the mothers would pretend like, no, no, don't take my boy, and then they would rip <laughs> him out of the mother's arms. But it's you know, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. really but it's we don't know that that part happened yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> certainly that's a story too we've been seeing in movies and heard yeah but yeah maybe that happened but okay right. yeah. yeah so it's it's a lot of um stuff that we we uh we agree not to share confidential stuff that that happens that's um the intention is to to go in there without knowing to be to be subjected to the unknown to be you know, taken out of your element to, to be, to become more comfortable with being uncomfortable, to be able to, to go with the flow in a, in a very disorienting situation. So I can tell you what happened to me. Joe can tell you what happened to him. But disorienting you. situation. You're referring yeah. to the weekend at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever you're allowed to tell. Sure. <laughs> I'm assuming there's some things that are not meant to be discussed. Yeah. 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 And I'm just currently wondering how it compares how the mankind project compares to other offerings out there other uh, obviously the part that to me is most or the part that i think is most unique is it's just for men and that's so precious and um, in my world the only other component or the only other offering i've ever encountered that's like gender specific so to speak which i don't even know if i'm using that word correctly anymore is uh, the work of david dida does anybody know mm-hmm. the work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. We can talk about that then. Nice. Good. All right. And that was my original introduction to some of this stuff, The Way of the Superior Man. Um, and the first, 
idea of a men's group was sort of planted in that book for me. And I think he actually didn't even, he mostly wrote about it like, go throw darts with your buddies like once a week or go play pool, do something right. that's just, so do, go be dumb fucks and be men and just bitch about things. Um, whatever that version mm. of that we could derive theoretically from some previous uh, culture or experience. Um, connect with just men and be that camaraderie, fully. that bond. And is there a thing like that in the Mankind Project? Is that a part of it? Or is it consistently digging into this shadow piece? And there's a reason I ask, but mm-hmm. first, just leave that. <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of dumb fucks gathering around. <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> That's a technical term, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is it is more of like an agreement to come together and uncover who we are and okay. and, and mm-hmm. discover who we are and work on that and there are some social gatherings where it's just go to the movies or something but not a, not a whole lot. Well even that probably wouldn't fit the bill cuz you're not necessarily engaging with each other but mm-hmm. yeah. I I guess I'm asking because I'm very interested in the possibility of both with men and brothers and elders, whatever the terms we want to use. We need to be, I know I need to be allowed to just be a goofball with men. Mm -hmm. It is imperative. I feel very clear that that's needed as opposed to just digging and digging and digging and digging and oh my God. Right. Um, So it doesn't sound like the Mankind Project necessarily shares that desire. Yeah, I don't know as an organization, but as a as a staff member on one of the weekends, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of joking around. There's a lot of camaraderie. Uh-huh. We all sleep in the same sleeping lodge together and prepare two day or about about thirty two yeah. hours in advance. And um, fun is not opposed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's joking, and there's a pizza and ice cream party in the middle of the night. <laughs> There's there's a lot of fun. It's, it's the most serious pizza and ice cream party. That's the most serious. <laughs> like, you better chew every bite much. thirty times. <laughs> Only two scoops of ice cream for. You like this ice cream? Yeah. Um, <laughs> great. Good. Then we're all sold. Right. Obviously, this isn't a promo for the Mankind Project. But Yo, there will be pizza and ice cream done. <laughs> yeah. Episode done. <laughs> Sign Ooh. everybody up. In my uh, in my experience of seeing and uh, I feel fair to say working with a lot of young men, um, obviously you guys value this exploration of the shadow, and I know I'm sure hundreds do, and I, I do as well. And people seem, and this is where I want to try to get into the broader scope of this, as I perceive it seem excessively uh hard on themselves right now and i don't know if that's just my perception like i just acknowledged there's this thing i'm even aware of with myself and being hard on myself with regard to this idea of being a failure with regard to women in general and relationships specifically and a romantic intimate partner um does it seem to you guys like there are a lot of men that are just like really fragile in some respects especially young men is that okay Do you have any sons? Yeah, two. Yeah, and what ages are they? I'm guessing uh, nineteen they're... and fourteen. So they would fit the bill of what I'm describing, yeah. age-wise. Yeah. Okay. How how are they? You're confirming something. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I think that there's so much. There's so much from our culture. Like, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be a walking hard on. You're supposed to be mm-hmm. super hyper masculine. You're supposed to have no no feelings other than happiness or maybe anger that's acceptable. Mm. Um, you got to make as much money as you can, have as many women as you can. Like, you know, there's so much stuff that we, that me, that I, I, I used to walk into a room and just compare myself to everybody else. I'm either above that guy or below that guy mm-hmm. or... Uh, if, if, if for, shit goes down... Maybe half a dozen different reasons. Yeah, yeah, just anything. Just just like, like what's he saying? How's, how's his speech? How's his language? How's he dressed? How's his energy? Like, like right. how's he carrying himself? And um, I, when I... That went, sucks. Yeah, yeah. I was like wasting all my energy doing that. And when I went to the weekend, I saw that I'm just like all these guys. Like, they're all, they're all sharing these vulnerable experiences from their lives and... I'm sharing mine and nobody's even batting an eye when I share it. Like I thought when I share my deepest, darkest stuff, everybody's going to run out of the room or they're going to lynch me or something terrible is going to happen. And nobody even batted an eye. They're just like, okay, next person share your stuff now. And Mm. that was totally liberating to just see and hear everybody else sharing similar experiences. And I, and I came home with this gratitude for my life. Like, the things that I've experienced, I could have had it a lot worse compared to a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. And right. Just, just made me look at the world. Like this made me fall in love with being a man and with other men. Like, wow. Like I remember the next day after the, the training going, going to work and driving and just seeing guys walking around and just being like, that guy probably, you know, he's probably dealing with some shit just like I am. And mm-hmm. rather than like, was he better than me? Is he worse than me? Just like, just feeling compassion and love for, for people dealing with all kinds of stuff. So I see that as one side of this, you know, two, two sides of the same coin or whatever the metaphor you want to use, who cares? And that is the recognition that everybody's going, everybody's experiencing this level. There are some, there's, there's this tendency to compare ourselves, which we all can agree is completely useless and a waste of our energy. And it's better not to do that. And to recognize that and to be with men that are supporting you not doing that and inherently loving yourself more and taking it easy on yourself more and recognizing all of these inherently valuable components of how to be a good man. Um, That's one side of it. The other I am thinking about is how do we practice actually just having fun together, um, to put it bluntly. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I see as completely lacking. I never see that. Uh, the closest thing uh, seems like like a band like, getting together. You mm-hmm. probably have a hell of a good time when you're playing your instruments. I bet it's one of the main things that you do, one of the main reasons you do it. Very transcendent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do, I mean, do you guys have that in your lives? A bunch of men getting together to just play? And I, maybe I need to unpack mm-hmm. that more. Do you have that? Not really, no. I do uh, mountain biking with my one friend that's a great example yeah that's a perfect example of something that i could see happening yeah physical activity would usually be the thing to do which is great yeah my friend and i will like we've made a somewhat a pact we get together at least once a month he lives in new york he is really a brother from another mother going to like sweat lodges and (laughs) like just different stuff in new york or we want to do like a bike trip and then camp or something too you know like yeah. Just like B 
be alive. <laughs> well, right. Isn't that be commune with the entirety and immensity of nature. I literally don't know groups of men that ever do that, Mm -hmm. but feel free to interrupt me. There's, there's a couple (laughs) things that I'm, I'm remembering that I've heard before that just being around guys increases testosterone for us. Mm. And if you add competition to it, that's even better. But competition in a very different kind of way, obviously not about the, well, like a, like what in do you a sports setting yeah. or something. Just, okay. Just some some goal driven, you know, overcoming something, getting to the end, something like that. Just is is uh, can can build up testosterone in us, which is that would be what I think you're what I'm calling play, as opposed yeah. to some cultural entrepreneurial yeah construct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I mean, I guess. I don't see why either way wouldn't work, but well, I think the one the my issue with the one is it seems so individualistic. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be though. Yeah. Ideally, it's not. But I, my main critique or question, I guess it's more of a question about being an entrepreneur is how do you bridge the gap between the individual component and the um, communal or cultural component, and without yeah, I, I, holding them together is tricky, I find. Sure. Without getting too caught up on the one. Um, but yeah, getting together and playing sports, you know, having a friendly competition, yeah. it's kind of what I'm talking about. I can't think of a better example. I don't know if I can think of any other example. Dan, yeah, right. a bunch of guys going out and dancing seems <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start like an entire... like synchronized dance crew like, <laughs> like yeah. straight up maybe dancing around a fire right yeah in the woods so to me the link to relationships then is that we just perceive sex as the main way to play or connecting with our in our cases female partners is the main way to play and i've been uh reading and listening to esther perel a lot lately ha and she's she talks about how Dan is a huge fan of her our our as a culture we used to live in villages and we had yep, yep. we got our needs met from a whole village of people and now we right. live in a house with a partner and we expect all those things that we used to get from a whole village from our partner so we end up well this is exactly my question how, right. what is I thought legit? that's where we were going it is exactly yeah. where i've I didn't know exactly Thanks, how Colin. to get there. Thank you. See? Yeah. I was like, uh. I don't know what is legit to expect. Yeah. That is exactly the point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think. Um, and I like, I do value her. I've actually, um, Diana, our, my partner here at Koru, is a huge fan. I think she knows her personally. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. She may have a link to the Feldenkrais. Uh, I don't know for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Awesome. Go on. I, th- I think um, one one important thing that I'm learning is to, um, deciding on roles to be in someone else's life and to have them be in my life. So, do I want do I want my partner to to listen to me complain? Do I want my partner to be like a therapist to me? Do I want my partner to do all these things that in the past I've just kind of unconsciously expected them to be? Because that's what I saw growing up, like. My parents are always together, they're always talking, they're always doing things, they're always confiding in each other, they're always supporting each other, and they didn't really have a big social circle that they went to for things when they needed it. Um, so I'm learning, like... It sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, with my dad, at least. Yeah. 
I'm learning like to go to some of my guy friends from my men's group when I need somebody to really talk to or when I need to be like when I feel afraid or when I'm really stuck with something like, um, you know, it, it can, it can work, I'm sure for some people, but for me, there's certain things that I want to, I want to keep out of my relationship and certain things that I want to keep into my relationship. The other side of that is, okay, so to what extent can I be transparent and vulnerable? And I don't have, that's what I don't think I have the answer to anymore. <laughs> to what extent? And maybe it's just a matter of uh, the right person who has the same sense of themselves. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, like if I, come, if I come to a woman and I'm like, this is what's going on for me, and I'm not looking for her to fix it or to, to validate me in it or whatever, to make it better, if I'm just like, I love who I am, I'm wonderful, and I'm experiencing this. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different experience from, oh, please make this better for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is totally different. As I organize my shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is totally different, yeah. Yeah. So you see the you did the one, and now you know yeah. it's imperative yeah. to be the other way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean... It's uh, it's taking accountability, I think, in the model of expressing um, yourself without uh, that validation, like you said, or that emotional um, thereness, whatever you want to call it. That that sort of like even that sort of nurturance to like fix it. Um, it's like it's just it's being transparent. And it's taking accountability for, yeah, this is where I am right now. And um, I have experienced uh, a, a thing where if I don't say it, <laughs> if I don't express it in that moment, it's it, that, that feeling is now controlling my every move after that. I don't know it is. Because you have until, a conscience, I guess, right? Right. Until later when... I accidentally, you know, or in, inherently hurt my partner for not, you know. Obviously not intentionally. Right. Well, that and that's the thing that you mentioned, toxic. Is that what toxic masculinity, what, how do we as men define masculinity and quote unquote toxic masculinity? I mm. imagine it would be where you just can actually not care. Like mm-hmm. in one situation, like in a situation, it's where you would actually not care. And even if you know you're, like, I don't even know how to relate to that. Like, what is that thing that people right. refer to as toxic, toxic. masculinity? Uh, I think destructive, mm-hmm. um, probably having, uh, having anger or some kind of issues right. with, with parents, like not being responsible as an adult, just, just like living out childhood wounds and traumas. and That's a better way of putting living, it. Living through those. Yeah not not being accountable for actions right um not like for me before i did that weekend i wasn't okay being a man i was i heard messages like don't don't be like your father don't be like don't like i didn't the men in my life were often unpredictable and angry and Mm. um scary so i didn't want to be like that um I didn't want to be a woman, so I kind of decided I'd be 17 for the rest of my life. I'd be this boy. Right. And uh, I think that was toxic. That was like, I don't 
I don't want to be the dad. I don't want to be the leader. I don't want to be, um, why not? Do you know why not at this point? Well, I didn't trust myself. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't feel like I had any kind of control over anything. I didn't want to have control because I didn't know where to take the family. I didn't know where to go for myself, for my kids. Hmm. Um, so fear. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of living like a reactive life, like just waiting for the next bad thing to happen to me. And then, Wow. Like freaking out or throwing a tantrum or whatever. Yeah. Whatever ways I learned as a child to cope with things that come at me. I like that a lot more. It actually holds a place of like compassion for the toxic masculinity. Mm. Yeah. Well, rightfully so, right? Isn't Mm -hmm. it? We all, we know that it's Mm -hmm. uh, inherently bluntly toxic man wanted to do the mankind project you would not shame him of right. course so it's obvious to be sure it's akin to compassion mm-hmm. <laughs> empathy perhaps is more of the word we would use right, right. yeah how what to what extent can do you think we can rely on our partners though in that respect to accept our humanity it seems like such a stupid question but it's a sincere <laughs> one <laughs> Our romantic partners? I'm only. Ref- I'm gonna just call it partner. I would. My thinking is that it. You know, the word partner is the word partner. Yes, but obviously defining it is fine. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but I don't know. Calling it romantic is it? Is that the best wording for it to call her in our case a romantic partner? I guess. I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> As opposed to just partner. Mm-hmm. That should be expected. Like, we are human. Not, yeah, we're not the ideal version of who they think we are, or who we should be, or could be. I hear that. Thank you. Yeah, good answer. Both. Yeah, appreciate both of what you're saying. What you're both saying. Keep thinking about how to broaden this into a more what I'm thinking of as macro conversation, and maybe that's the Mister Fixit side of me. Um, but with that, I, maybe there is something here. So. Our focus here is to um, show people how taking care of yourself can be simple and can be easy. And I say that and I believe it, but I also think there are all these other bigger, like you were hinting at with your hand gestures, cultural phenomena that are seemingly not supporting of that ease. And I don't know if they ever I don't know how, I don't know what to do about that. I don't know if they can. They're, it's hard to just accept them. And mostly what that comes down to I'm, as I'm talking this through is, yeah, it feels good now and it would consistently feel good if we had that community to rely on, but we're all going to go to our separate little nooks and corners and individualistic worlds. And hmm. personally, I think that sucks. And it makes it harder. I think that inherently makes it consistently harder, unnecessarily so. You said about Esther Burrell. Esther Burrell. I mean, she's essentially saying that it's. I mean, what else is there to say other than yeah, we need to figure out how to live more actually like community. Yeah. yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. that the thing we're saying, right? Isn't that yeah. what she's saying? Yeah, I think so. Isn't that literally the whole point? <laughs> Of it all, yeah. I don't know. 
And at the moment, it's just questions. I've been uh, I've been reading this book called Hold Me Tight, which is about oh attachment God, theory. So good. And, and, oh, I don't know it. Oof. And it's it's totally flipped everything for me. Yes. Like I I looked at the world and other people like I don't want to need anybody. I don't I don't really want to have like really deep connections because that makes me vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And if I'm or vulnerable, then I'm you weak. Shouldn't need people. Yeah. Right. You shouldn't need people. You should. You should. That's be exactly the thing I'm pointing to as yeah. the pro as the endemic issue. Yeah. yeah. And and the so the theory behind attachment theory is that we're bonding creatures, we're tribe creatures, and we want connection, we want bonding, we want people that we can rely on and that can rely on us. And right, and, and, the, and the whole, you know, like, like what Joe just said, we're, we're conditioned to believe that that's bad or that's going to make us weak or vulnerable. And it's, it's, it's like at 41, I'm finally accepting that I, yeah, I want a partner. Like I want, I want somebody that I can go home to and, and who's going to hold me and that I can hold and that I can rely on. And mm-hmm. it's not making me weak. It's making me stronger. It's, it's a place where I can go and be with somebody and we can become stronger together and, and, and not something that weakens us or makes us vulnerable. But I imagine it's more than just a partner. A partner yeah, is, yeah, is obviously that would be wonderful. That's, yeah, that's the key. That's great. And that's part of it, though. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's the same thing with a community. It can be, mm-hmm. I can look at a community and say, I want a community. I need people to support me. I need to support others. I need, that That comes back to the six human needs. We need growth. We need contribution. If we're not doing that, we're basically just surviving. Does all of this boil down to trust on one level? Is it? Is that oversimplifying it? Trust of self, trust of process trust of i could keep going but Mm. i'll pause i i saw some youtube video recently and basically the the message was you can trust that nothing's going to go the way you think it will (laughs) that's fair enough because well that's not necessarily pessimistic or negative of course and you know i am i think i probably embrace that which is to say i don't really know what's going to happen and that's okay yeah Stop planning. Stop being attached to the plan or the, yeah. Uh, but can you, that's a different take on trust. <laughs> so I'm saying trust yourself to, hmm. Might have to leave that for now. I don't trust myself. No? I can, I well, can get and, triggered and, and do all kinds of shit that I would not do when I'm not triggered and yeah, but I doubt that's that can't be true carte blanche, like or um, in mass completely. You got to yeah. trust yourself some, right? Yeah, yeah, some. But well, then what do you mean when you say that? <laughs> uh, you can't leave with that. Just, just like I, I could get upset at, at any moment. I could, I could think of something and get upset, and then not be, not be clear and not be present. And hmm. sure, hmm. okay. And and I'm pretty. But you haven't become a different person. It's not like you're just right. lost and and closed, like and you're some kind of monster. And like it's not like Mr. Hyde pops right. out, right. right? And I've I've gotten pretty good at bringing myself back to being present and acknowledging what's real and what's not real, mm-hmm. and getting myself out of that. Where it used to be like, I'd have a thought, and then I'd be upset about it, and that would last for a week or a month, where I'd be in this state of reaction to one thought or one mm. feeling about what's happening around me. Where now I can, it's like an hour a day at the most. And if I can't get out of it, I have people that I can call. I have 
somebody to support me to get me back out of it. Fair enough. So, yeah, I do trust myself. Cool. <laughs> Done. All right. It's a wrap. Thanks. See you all later. <laughs> well, joking aside, we do have to stop soon because yeah. I made sure that I was going to be nice. clear about the two-ish hours today. My friend, my friend just the other day asked me, how many of your motivations do you think you're in control exactly. of or something like That's that? Exactly. Exactly it. Yeah. And I said, I thought about it for a moment. I thought maybe 50%. Yeah, half of them. Yeah. That might might be a generous amount. Like, Hmm. you know, I could like start a business and it could be because my mom spanked me when I was three years old. And and now I want to like, in reaction to that, I'm going to create community or I'm going to create a business or it could be anything. And it could be, you could, you could take apart our, our motivations and our, and our, our actions and, and, analyze them and come up with all kinds of explanations and well that's exactly why earlier on i was saying i don't want to just do that because i think you don't get anywhere having done that i suspect the three of us have done that to the points of exhaustion and we have the intelligence to see yeah you eventually have to just say i don't fucking know and you just do what you're gonna fucking do yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) or it it and isn't that okay is that fucking good enough like I don't fucking know, and I'm not going to find out. I'm not going to try to find out. But I'm clear that that's the way it is, and let's just do this. Yeah, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? That seems okay. (sighs) I'm going to have to do the thing that we we failed at doing every week, which is, say, we're pausing here. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to hear the didgeridoo. In closing. Yeah, can we? Yeah, awesome. Can I record it? Yeah. Nice. With a video? Yeah. (laughs) How far should I be? That's good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's not in the mic. Did you know that was just a minute? No. Were you counting? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. After that, I feel like it is about trust. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> here we are. Was, yeah. That's awesome. Um, okay. Are we still recording? Yeah. <laughs> We're always <laughs> recording. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be done. Right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you.
<clears throat> Good. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please check the show notes for more about the Mankind Project in particular and any references made to other topics discussed in this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Movement Matters. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so these conversations on coexistence can reach even more open hearts. And the ones that we are aiming to help open, of course. Um, next week, Diana introduces you to Koru's Tai Chi specialist, Kate Kane. That was a wonderful conversation, guys. Please stay tuned for it. And have a wonderful weekend. Thanks for Bye. listening. Bye-bye.